Well, all right, here we are once again at Pastor B's Kitchen Table. You know what it is. This is the day that we break it down, chop it up, and put it back together again. It's the kitchen table. Get your mom, get your dad, get all the nims, and let them know they're back at that table again. And today I have a great, great artist. I got a great panel for you. As we're rapidly approaching Mother's Day, I want you to hear from some great, great mothers, some great women of God. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Will you please, Sister Parker, will you go first, please? Tell us about yourself. Okay. Certainly. Certainly glad to be here and thankful for for the opportunity. My name is Janice Parker. I'm a member of the Golden Gate Missionary Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. I have three children with a range of ages and um, I work as an attorney. Amen. Sister, Sister Cullens. Hello, I'm Dandy Cullens. Um, I'm married to Dr. Ross Cullens and I'm the first lady of Solid Rock Baptist Church here in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm an assistant professor at Texas Southern University, and my background shows that I'm retiring at the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, we have five children. One is with the Lord. Um, we have 22 grandchildren and 12 great-grandchildren. We've been married 30 mm. years, and I'm a bonus mom. Amen. To, um, Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Sister Pender. Yes. Hello. My name is Janice Pender. I um, am a pastor's wife. My husband is the senior pastor at Ballbrook Church. Um, I have four children. Um, they range, they're all young adults. My youngest is 22. My oldest daughter is 30. Um, how old is that child? She's 32, <laughs> 31. Oh, she would get so mad at me. She's 31 years old. Um, she just got married and I have no grandchildren. I'm waiting for some beautiful grandchildren. Um, and as a matter of fact, Janice, uh, my daughter is an attorney as well. She is a prosecutor, actually. Um, I work with the women's ministry at my church. I am currently in school and uh, working on a master's degree in professional writing. Oh, so I do some writing and speaking as well. Amen. Amen. Sister Lewis. Sister Susan Lewis. Hello, everybody. Thank you all for waiting on me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm Susan Lewis. Uh, my husband uh, is the senior pastor at Great Oak Grove Baptist Church here in Houston. Oh. I, uh, our church membership is about 300 people. So, and in, at the church, I uh, have um, been the executive director for the youth ministry. I've kind of designed some curriculum for uh, the youth ministry. I've also kind of participated with the women's ministry and as well as the marriage ministry, which is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, outside, I also work full time outside of the church uh, for in supervision for um, a power company. I say that reluctantly hey, <laughs> after all that's been happening. But we have three children and um, it's very similar to uh, Sister um, Pender's. Uh, my baby is 22. He's our only son, and the girls are um, 24 and 31. We have no grandkids. <laughs> I know we look we, we look forward to it. As a matter of fact, we're almost um, we we're often babysit for uh, one of my daughter's friends' uh, uh, child. So, and we really enjoy that. We have to kind of group and, re and remind ourselves she's not ours. <laughs> <We got to laughs> back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
and certainly last but not least, my wife, Letitia. So I'm Letitia Hamilton, and I am married to I'm married to you, Professor um, <laughs> Robbie Hamilton. Um, and so I'm First Lady at Friendship Community Bible Church and some mother of three. Our oldest is uh, 28 and married, and we do have a three-year-old granddaughter who is cutie uh, pie. So Pastor Hamilton is, is uh, Papa to her, and I'm Mati, so it's uh, such a joy. Our uh, second son, Zachary, is 25, and Natalie is 23. She's currently home end of the month so pray for us <laughs> currently I serve um, in our discipleship ministry at our church to serve on a team called the discipleship development team and that is that is um, we're responsible for really just kind of setting the course and the vision carrying out the vision for the discipleship process at our church as well as um, I serve also as a counselor so we have been able to recently relaunch the life to life counseling ministry and so I'm privileged to be able to serve after finishing about a four-year course in biblical counseling so now I'm actually serving as a counselor uh, to our in our fellowship so I'm grateful for that and I work as a senior probation officer for Van County amen 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 the audience I'm sure you can see that we've got quite a lineup here and they're all first ladies and yet yet I, I intentionally invited them because you guys are obviously, you're on the front line. You're on the front line of the church, but you also have careers. You've got a lot going on. And so I wanted to have you because a lot of the mothers who are watching will ask the question, how do you keep all these balls in the air? How, how do you balance family, career? How do you do it? So share that. How do you, how do you balance it? How, how do you keep everything moving? You want us to anyone, anyone, anyone just he was led, just go, yeah. Okay, so I'll I, I'll start then. Um, I like the word you use, balance, because that it truly has been a balancing act for a lot of years. You know, most of our kids are adults now, young adults, but um, you know, my husband was has been pastoring for uh, as long as we've been married for more than 20, almost twenty five years now, and so um, when the kids were younger was, you know, of course, the times when it was most challenging. And um, and some, sometimes with that balancing act, some things did get dropped, you know, some appointments didn't get made. And it's just for the grace of God. But, you know, like as I shared earlier, because I've worked outside of the ministry full time for um, all of our marriage, as well as I was full time student as well for at least five years, because I have a master's in my MBA is in human resource management. But um, because my husband's been bivocational bi and uh, either or full time in the ministry, it's been such a huge blessing that he has been more he has had his time has been more flexible. So he's been able to take the kids to the doctor's appointments a lot, or and or uh, you know a lot of times he's had to comb you know hair in the morning when getting them ready for school. <laughs> and so that's been a huge blessing. But uh, just working together, you know, us working together is what you know is how we was balanced mostly. Mm -hmm. So I let somebody else talk. <laughs> I certainly agree that it is a challenge trying to find balance, especially when we already have several duties and additional duties that are added in. 
and just the demands of life. And and even if you have an interest or two of your own, it's hard to try to figure out how do you fit all of that in. And so I know I've learned not to try to do everything all at the Mm -hmm. same time, that there's a time and a season for everything and to recognize that. I also learned to just ask God to to order my steps. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we say those words, but if we ask God to get done in our day, what needs to happen and not worry about the rest, Mm-hmm. That has taught me to have peace when I when I cannot meet my own agenda, or my own deadlines, or or what I'd hope to do. I just ask God to make sure that He takes care of it and uh, that it'll hold over till whenever it needs to occur. Um, but recognizing priorities as well is really important, and knowing what God's priorities are for you in that season is what mm-hmm. has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I do agree with that. And whenever we always come, I, I'm always leery on talking about balance, because to be honest with you, there is no, I don't believe real balance is ever achieved <laughs> in this life, you know, because um, God has a way of making things, things seem um, out of balance sometimes and the things yeah. that he's asking us to do or things that may just come up in our life. For example, this coronavirus People's lives seemed Mm -hmm. way out of balance because of this. So, but in essence, I think if our minds and our hearts are balanced, Mm -hmm. and if we truly um, are keeping that together with where God wants it to be, whereas we're not trying to create a name for ourselves or create um, a position for ourselves, or we're not trying to do things in our own strength. Um, that can get us out of balance yeah. because then we're serving ourselves and we're serving men instead of serving God. And I truly believe that in everything that we do, whether it's work, home, ministry, we are to serve the Lord. And God's spirit is to be exemplified in a powerful way in everything that we do. And um, so I think if our minds and our hearts as women are balanced, rightly before the Lord and our relationship is right. And we're seeking to please God in everything that we do. And I'm not talking about perfection because I am not the one who is perfect by any means. But if, you know, if we seek to please the Lord, then that will keep us in balance in whatever season our life is in. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that as well. And when, I was thinking about the word compartmentalized is what came to mind. Uh, When our kids were younger, um, I had a friend who used to tell me that I I had the ability to go um, through one door, close the other one, take care of whatever's behind that door (laughs) and go to another door. And so um, busier times when they they required us to transport them from place to place and all that. I remember throwing uh, shoes and French from one one vehicle to the next, meeting in the parking lot, trying to get to different games. And that's what came to mind then. Um, And now what comes to mind is is, is what's similar to what Janice uh, shared, which is um, having the Lord order order my steps. And the other thing is is me just asking the Lord wisdom on what to to accept and what to decline. And so um, in Balance part of that and setting good, healthy boundaries for myself and for my family. Um, I learned that no is, is just an okay thing. It really is. And it, it 
helps me be effective in the other areas I'm called to serve and minister in. And I learned also that, that uh, when everything is said and done, that home needs to be a place of balance. It needs to be huge. It needs to be a place of um, just being able to kind of to recharge. So, um, and I learned that later, of course, in life, in terms of just having um, having a new season, being in a new season. So, mine now is really just being able to say uh, to accept things that the Lord has has allowed me to accept, and then also declining things that He would have me wait on. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to to raise just one issue, and I'd certainly like to hear the the answer is that our young people are often searching for significance in the things that they do and their accomplishments on their jobs and their stature in the world. And so trying to help them get to that place of peace where they can accept God ordering their steps and accept that maybe they're not going to be the CEO or if they're going to be the CEO, that God has to ordain some things and put them in place. So people who are still trying to figure it out and figure out what their priorities are is, is really the thing that's hard to share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Collins, you're saying, thank you, Sister Okay, I'll go ahead and um, when it comes to balance, I guess I'm a little bit different uh, from the rest of you because I married into um, a situation where we already had five kids uh, and three grandkids at that time. So when I married, I was 37 years old. Um, And so my situation was in a sense, you have a scrambled egg, you just have to decide how you're gonna eat it now. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And so at that point, because I never had children, but I did help raise some children, uh, I decided to go back to school, believe it or not, and to get a degree in child and family development so that I could have at least that kind of because the situation was, you know, you have children who are going through a grieving process, their the parents were divorced. And so I needed to deal with it in a different fashion because I'm coming into a situation um, whereas uh, the children had been, their parents had been divorced like for three years. I didn't know them, they didn't know me in a sense. So uh, I didn't come in like I'm the mom, you know, right. I'm the best friend, I'm none of that. I'm, I'm your father's wife. And so you're having to establish a relationship with children and to make them feel safe. Uh, And and also uh, there was a different one, the oldest daughter's mom had passed. So she felt free to call me mom where the other ones didn't because they felt like, you know, how how children feel like, I don't want to think my my mom to think that I'm choosing you over her, things like that. So it's, it's, it's taken a lot of years for us to do things, but to get balance in it, I decided to go back to school. He decided to go back to school and um, the children saw that. And so I, I think when they saw us working together not working apart, um, he let them know, this is my wife. Uh, when we had discussion, we had family discussions, you know, things together to see how things were going. We, it was not all a bit of roses um, all the time. But at this point, our oldest is 50 years old. And um, so to see them throughout the years telling me how grateful they are that I became, I'm a part of their life. And um, now they feel free to call me whatever they want. Not whatever, <laughs> not, not the bad way. Um, <laughs> but uh, they see me as their mother. 
they see me as, and also with the family situation, the mom is, is you know, lives in Houston now, and we go on family vacations together because that's her children and that's her grandchildren also. So the, uh, everybody thinks it's kind of weird, but that's kind of the way I was raised too. Once you were in our family, it didn't matter if you got divorced, you were still our family. Y'all didn't get along, but we still <laughs> So, and I think um, it, it's all about balance and, um, and respect. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think um, we've had our ups and downs and sideways too, but uh, through it all, we have trusted God. We believe that God had a plan and he knows what's best. And so we just give it to him and let him work it out. So I've decided to eat these scrambled eggs with, but of, of course I like a little sauce on mine, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know, Sister Kelly, you raised an interesting uh, position that I was going to go to. Because you talked about that you went and learned, you know, really how, how to be a mom. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. took the initial steps. And the question I want to ask you, ladies, is how did you find yourself? How did you find who you were as a mother? Because many, many grew up out, uh, talking about they want to be a copy of their mother. Or some say, I want to contrast my mother. So how did you find your own mother and identity, I could say? How did you find that? Well, as for me... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. Yeah, go for ahead, me, I'm from a family of eight. It's eight of us kids. Okay. Uh, I was so I'm the oldest of the second set. That's the way I see it. It's eight of us. So there's no okay. middle child. So I see myself as the oldest. Because I'm going to be oldest somewhere. You're so right. I'm, the oldest, <laughs> I'm the oldest of the second set. And so I had decided I didn't want any kids. You know, this was just too much. Too much. But um, God saw saw differently. <laughs> but I saw my mom get up at, and fix three, three breakfasts for my dad before he went to work. And then whoever got up ate breakfast, then she cooked breakfast, she cooked breakfast yeah. for all of us. So I saw that. I saw my mom ironing, you know, my dad's, I saw these things, the things that I said I would never do because I was never going to get married. I was going to travel the world, do, do whatever I wanted to do. So, but when I got married, it was like, I just kind of, that was the norm for me. Plus I had a ready-made family. So the things that I said I was not going to do, right. Those were the things that God put me in a position to do. Um, and, and it was funny because he, God speaks to me through all of us through his word. And he had prophesied to me years ago uh, that <laughs> I was going to have more children than the married woman. And I'm saying, what? Uh-uh. I'm not going to have any kids. And I have more children than all of my siblings. Yeah. I have way more grandchildren than all of my children. And so wow. everything that God has said, he just told me to enlarge my borders. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So. I, I think um, my position was, okay, God, I need to go to your word and you need to tell me how to do this thing. And so that's the way I've dealt with each child. They know I'm going to pray for them. They know I'm going to tell them what the word said. If they didn't like it, it was, that was just it. It was just what the word said. And so uh, all, that's all they know from me. And it was funny because even my students, when I, they found out I was retiring, and, and this week, you know, it's, it's uh, teachers week and stuff. They're sending me stuff on Facebook telling me that when they had lost faith, that I was still at Texas Southern, still telling them about God. Wow. And so that's the thing. You have to be consistent. You have to know that God is in control. God, God, or God, these are God's children. We're just stewards. Uh, this is God's man. I'm the one called to be a help meet. And so I think learning your position as it relates to the word of God helps a lot. Because I could always go into dandy mode. You know, I know how to do me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we don't want that. 
<laughs> somebody else, somebody else. How'd you, how'd you find you as a mother? How'd you find you? Um, well, I think uh, you... <laughs> I think you have to know who you are before you're even a mother. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're not going to find you mm. at, in a mother. You're going to, you know, but, but being a mother. And of course we're, we're married here. Um, I'm assuming we're, um, uh, yeah, we're all, all still married. Yes. We're still married pastor's wives, yeah. but there are lots of single mothers. There's, yeah. there's a majority yeah. of our African-American women are single mothers, yeah. a lot of single mothers. And yeah. you probably see this uh, Dr. Collins, um, mm-hmm. Um, as well. So in essence, you, you can't use motherhood or being a mom to find who you are. You have to find out who you are Good. even before you are a mom. And the only way you can find out who you are is, and I know this sounds cliche-ish, but you have to know who you are in Christ. Amen. I mean, if, if you are a walking believer, and I'm assuming this podcast is for believers, you know, we have to know who we are in Christ. But the danger is, is that we try to find our purpose and significance in this world. Yeah. And it is so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, I have to admit, more gratifying to find your uh, purpose and who you are in this world because sometimes we believe that this world can give us more than what you know what we can find in the yeah. bibles and scriptures being around church family but in essence that's a deception because eve all we got to do is read in genesis eve thought she can find something much more deeper than what god was giving her right. and it just caused a whole bunch of problems but so we have to find out who we are before we're even moms. And, and how you do that is you, your relationship with the Lord has to, you know, it has to be fluid. It has to be thriving. You know, if, and we know when something is wrong within our spirit, we know that we know when something doesn't feel right. When we know when, you know, we're questioning certain things about who we are or questioning, you know, where we should go in, in our life or whatever that may be. And so therefore, if there are questions, then you seek a godly mentor. You seek a godly woman who, who's been there. Don't seek your friends. Um, you know, it's easy for us to go, as, as especially young people, to go talk to our friends. And they're good in a sense. They, they have wisdom. But then there's other people out there who are much older than us, who's been there and done that. You can seek wisdom from that. You seek wisdom from the word. And you go to God in prayer. And, and as you continue on in life, Thing. one thing God had to show me because I didn't work as a young mother. I was a stay-at-home mom with my children and I had children. My first daughter was born. I was 21 years old. I was married at 19, had my first daughter at 21, had my last child when I was 30 because um, that was my goal and had my tubes tied at 30, that's a mistake. If anybody's listening, do not let somebody have you tie your tubes too young. I was too young and I wanted more children. It was too late. But anyway, been there, done that. So I'm 52 now. I'm not having no more children. I'm very content now. Um, (laughs) But growing up in my younger years, you know, I had friends who were in college, friends who were doing their careers and stuff. And I was a stay-at-home mom. I missed the significance of that in my early 20s. I missed it. 
because I didn't see that as something valuable. Now I see it as valuable. But when I was in my 20s, I didn't see it as something valuable. I was looking for my purpose in something different, something what this world can give me, not seeing that I was already in my purpose. And so um, we have to seek those those mentors and stuff. So anyway. Susan. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, same question? Same question, yeah, dear. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so this question was, uh, I'm sorry, was about... Um, it's it's about, about finding you, parents. finding you. Finding our, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I guess for me is uh, this, uh, uh, the combination is from a lot of the things that the other uh, first ladies have shared. Um, but um, what I like to um, add is a big driver for me is how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I um, am hugely blessed. Right now, the thing that's most that just um, speaks mostly to me is gratefulness, is gratitude. Because when I look back, I, I just have so much to be grateful for. My my parents were wonderful parents, and they I have four siblings. And if you can imagine somebody spoiling wonderfully, five children, they did it. So. That was my foundation, you know, and I, they weren't perfect by no means. And so I love that. I raised my children kind of the same with um, what, you know, with, I brought a lot of that into the way I, the way I wanted to mother my children. Uh, and then also my own flair, with my own touch, according, in, in, in accordance with what my children needed from me. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. individually yeah. and so it's just been a, a whole lot <laughs> a whole lot of, of stuff and then um because I, I think about when I think about different things okay just an example I wasn't raised to say uh yes ma'am my parents mm-hmm. didn't that wasn't important to them right. but right. I respected there was nobody on this earth that I respected more than my parents at that time you know so they knew I respected we weren't disrespectful but to say yes ma'am or no man of yes sir or no sir they that wasn't important to them my yeah. husband was raised differently yes so it's a huge leap for him my his mother to hear her grandkids say yes ma'am and, and so that was something i had to incorporate in my parenting you know and explain to them how important that is it's a, it's a big deal for your grandmother so i had to lead by example with my children so i had to learn to say Yes, ma'am, to my mother-in-law. And then, you know, so leading by example is, 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 is you know, they're going to go and choose to make their own choices. But I, I um, like in the end right now, I see the wonderful nuggets of, of what the seeds that I have, plant, have planted that are, um, that are coming to the fruit that are, be- that are being bared through my children. So it's just Amen. So much. I, we don't have enough time, Bobby. We don't miss Pastor Bobby. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we don't have enough time. See, that's when that uh, comes with um, familiarity, right? And com- right. comfort. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to throw something out here because we have a very diverse audience. Yes. You guys are all first ladies and, you know, you, you're, you're, you have older children, uh, you know, you pass changing diapers and going to, you know, to, to actual, uh, you know, parent-teacher conferences. You passed all that. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, you obviously, you're great. <laughs> you are great women of God. You know, you're great women of God. You are, you are, you are biblically sound uh, and all those things. And, and you train up your child according to Proverbs and the way they should go and all like that. Here's a question that many God-fearing mothers who love the Lord, love their family, here's the question they often ask. What do you do 
if your child becomes a prodigal? Oh. What do you do with the prodigal? Now, I mean, you know, the, the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter, you've raised them in the way of the Lord. You've nurtured them. They love God. You know, you've had them in the ministry. You've poured into them. You know, you've, you've done all those things. But as a mother, because, because the thing that many mothers deal with is that if, if my child goes away from the Lord, away from my counsel, I feel like a failure. So how do you deal as a mother? Because you guys are so transparent, thank God for you. How do you deal with products? I want to I want to speak to that as a matter of testimony, yeah. and um, I know I I mentioned our oldest son Jonathan, and so I don't think that he would mind at all that I share this um, because he's in a place where God has him proclaiming um, his victory in this over his life. So, can share is that Jonathan accepted Christ when he was five years old. And I remember the day that he did because he ran into our bedroom and he was so excited. His, his eyes were lit up and he was saying, I did it. I did it. And so we were like, what, what did you do? And he told us that he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so we rejoiced and, um, you know, Pastor Hamilton, my husband, baptized Jonathan at Golden Gate in Dallas. And so we have the pictures and, and all of that. And so what we did uh, with him being the oldest and with all, of, all three of us, we raised our children uh, to fear the Lord. We raised them according to the word. So it was no double standards. It was them being able to be led uh, of the Lord by their parents. We know now um, from experience is that your children, although they're saved, God gave them free will. The enemy uh, has a plan to destroy their lives. And so uh, I remember that I began to see uh, some things in Jonathan's conduct um, when he was 16, 15 or 16. And so with him being our oldest, we launched him and celebrated the fact that he was uh, going to be leaving to go to college. We, um, throughout his high school years, uh, we tried to, of course, challenge him and kept him in the word. And his freshman year in college, for the most part, was fine. His sophomore year, uh, he began to make some decisions um, in terms of change, wanting to change schools. He didn't want to play basketball in college anymore. And so we, we went with the fact that he was telling us he wanted to pursue his education, which he did, but he went to a different college campus. And it's when he really began to, um, to really just kind of partake, partake the things of the world. So his behavior changed, his appearance changed, um, his language changed, everything about him changed, his, his friends changed, and it was really hard for him to receive things of God. I remember I met Jonathan out for lunch one day, and what happened for me as a mother is the Holy Spirit started um, speaking to me. Uh, usually it was the middle of the night. He'd wake me up, and he'd uh, tell me to pray for Jonathan, and um you know, sometime two or three days after that uh, encounter with the Lord telling me to pray for him, um, Jonathan would tell me what would have been going on at that time. So I learned how to call out um, the, the name of Jesus over Jonathan, really began to pray over him, not like I had before. I think I was, I don't know what I was doing before, but I tell you, <laughs> seeing some things in your, in your child's life, you know, you'll learn how to cry out on their behalf. And so that's what was happening. 
But that period of, of um, you know, it was it was really just disobedience. It was rebellion. It's what it was. And it lasted some years. And um, we didn't really see uh, some light come back in his eyes and everything till he was probably 22 or 23. And um, now he's married. He has a wife. He has a daughter. Um, and he... He tells us things sometimes, and we're like, I don't, I don't want to know all that, you know. <laughs> but the one thing that the Lord impressed upon me is to pray with him, to pray for him, to pray with him, to challenge him in God's word. Because he not only is my son, he's my brother in Christ. And as his sister in the Lord, I have a responsibility to keep the word before him and to keep him accountable. And also, God, uh, he's also taught me wisdom as far as being um, a mother of a man now is that there are times when uh, he's commanded me to speak. And there's been plenty of times when he's commanded me to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, sometimes there are times when in wisdom you wait. You wait for your son, your daughter to come to you so that they'll, you know, you already know that the Lord has prepared their hearts so that they, they can receive. Um, so. What I can say is that um, I remember when Jonathan was 17 or 18 years old, my heart was burdened. I attended a prayer breakfast one morning and an older woman in the Lord, I went to her and I, I told her, I said, I, I need to pray for all of my children, especially my oldest son. I told her what was going on in his life. And I was, um, I had bowed, I gave her my prayer request and I bowed my head so I could pray. And I heard her say to me, look at me. She made me look up at her and she was holding my hand. And she said to me, from now on, I want you to proclaim. Mm -hmm. Your oldest son is a man of God. You proclaim it by faith. Amen. That today. And it really changed the way that I began to really pray for all of my children. And so she took me to a point of faith. And of course, I didn't see evidence of it in this life. And so so that was okay. God has taught me how to be faithful and how to proclaim by faith that my sons and my daughter are great men and a great woman of God. And so that was a learning experience, still learning, but I just wanted to share that. Amen. Anybody else want to address that? Amen. Thank you. Anybody else want to address that? When I married pastor, um, and I know he's told this story before, so um, his youngest son uh, was 17. I think he might have been 17 or 18. Uh, We got married in February of 91. Uh, Tracy was murdered um, Mm. the last Sunday in December of 91. Mm. Uh, But while before I met Tracy, I had had a dream about him. And um, I told his dad, and he took me to, because Tracy was, uh, I think he was in jail at the time. And he took me, he said, tell him what the Lord showed you. And I did. And um, believe it or not, it was almost the same way that happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was like, if he didn't do this, this is what God said was going to happen. Yeah. But that Sunday, Tracy was supposed to come to church with us. That's, he was supposed to meet us at church, but he didn't show up. And uh, when we got home, uh, the police came and said that he had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, but the week before, he came to the house and he wanted us, uh, he had been witness, and he witnessed to everybody because they knew them. They knew the Lord. Right. Uh, they had been saved when they were young. But he, and he would witness, although he might have been living a different lifestyle, he was still wanting people to be saved. He wanted his friends to be saved. So he came to get us, to bring us to this girl's house 
because she was uh, trying to commit suicide the night before. And he stayed there with her and her mom so that she wouldn't commit suicide. Mm. So we went there, we witnessed to her. She gave her life to the Lord and everything. And uh, right after that, then, you know, but he had professed Christ. So they make decisions because, you know, we all make our own decisions, but we cannot determine the consequences. Um, so um, we, you know, like Ross knew he, he was saved. I mean, he knew he had given his life to the Lord, but, you know, they have influences. And so, um, and, and like you were saying, Letitia, we pray with the kids. We pray with the kids every morning, uh, five days a week. Our grown children, our grown grandchildren, they, we all get on the line in the morning before they go to work, before they go to school, and we pray for them. Wow. So That's those are some awesome. things that children, they right. make choices. So, and yeah. it's hard. It's hard when you know um, what God has for them, especially when you have plans for them, you see their future and things yeah. like that. And, yeah. uh, but they make decisions, but it's, it's still for us to pray. Amen. 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 If I can um, yeah. just say something, uh, Pastor Hamilton, um, I love this because one one commonality is that the word was taught. The, yeah. the, the how to live was exemplified. It was they saw the example of how to live. Yeah. All children kind of go astray in a sense, if I can say that in their own way. You know, I think about my four kids. They all had their bouts of expressing their independence which drove me and my husband crazy each in their different ways and you yeah. know didn't didn't get into the word like they should like sometimes you know wasn't interested about serving in the church all the time you know so they all kind of went through that kind of season in a sense um so i guess you can call that being uh, the prodigal child however um but one thing i do know that me and my husband you know we shared the word with them we prayed they prayed the word, we, we, um, we lived it out in front of them. You yeah. know, we made sure that we were living the truth of what we, either what my husband was preaching or either what they saw me doing. Like sometimes my kids will, when they were younger, would see me witness to people. Yeah. But then if I was on the freeway acting a plum fool, going crazy, <laughs> honking at people and stuff, that's no example. They see a double-minded person. Yeah, right, so. Right, right. So I think if we teach them how to, what to do, and that's not only teaching them, you know, with word and prayer and stuff, but teaching them how we live, because they catch more what we do, yeah. a yeah. lot more of it, to be honest with you. And if we show that more to them, when they do go into that prodigal season, yeah. um, or if they don't, uh, you know, God forbid, but, yeah. you know, whatever that season may be, they, they know how to come out of it. They Amen. know where to go. They know where their foundation is. So, Amen. Amen. That's powerful because you know, there's many times there's this misnomer or there's this perception that, that because we sit on the front row mm -hmm. of ministry, <laughs> that in yeah. fact, you know, uh, we never have the challenges yeah. which yeah. those who are sitting behind us or around us have. And that's not true. And yeah. then even as, as mothers, especially because, you know, that's your baby. You gave birth to that baby, you know? And so to feel like, you know, and the scrutiny sometimes that comes with it, man, we all, we all got to believe the Lord. We all got to trust the Lord. And there's only so far that any of us can go. God has to, to grab them. And like mm. you said, Sister Pender, we have to make sure we live it, that we instruct it. But also, like my wife said, that, that, that we lay before the Lord, that we intercede on their behalf. Because there's great warfare uh, that yeah. targets. I always tell yeah. my wife, the adversary, you understand that, that 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 he's able to divide our relationship 
divide our family, then it, it opens the door for the adversarial attack for so many other families. And so, and so it, it behooves us to really live in such a way to believe that God, you're bigger than us. You're bigger yeah. than us. You got us and our family. My mother question, because man, we could go on and you guys are blessing so many ladies right now. Here's the question that comes out. Because as a mother, you, you're the go-to person. You do so many things for so many people. Self-care. How do you take care of yourself? That's the question. How do you take care of you? What do you do, first ladies? What do you do? What should they do to take because care of themselves? <laughs> I go shopping, no. <laughs> no. No, you didn't hear that, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how do you take care of you? This has been a and uh, unfortunately, uh, some of us, one of us concurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little sad. I go too, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I know sometimes when I'm, when I'm encouraging um, young mothers, they have younger, Children. My mother used to tell me something, and you know, I I was just out of pride. I was thinking, but that just sounds so selfish. Until I had three kids, and then I realized what she would say, and why why the reason why she said what she said. But she she would tell me that if I was out by myself, like if I had to go to the grocery store, or just if I was running errands and the kids happened to be home with their dad, she would tell me not to go straight home. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go and go and get some ice cream and sit in your car exactly. and eat in your car before you go home. And so that now I share that with young mothers because it's important. One, because we all know that once we get home, it's on, right? And so my my what I would do, and I kind of do that now as a version. Of course, I'm not dealing with with small children anymore, but I just kind of made that a part of my routine when it made sense for me to do it. Is that I would take an extra fifteen or twenty minutes and sit in the car, whatever it was, just put some music on and sing or whatever, and have that time to myself. Uh, nowadays, um, it's me just taking taking long walks, you know, taking taking some time to care for myself physically. And also just getting in the word, making sure that I'm in the word, having my devotion time, because that's really where my fuel is. And also just connecting with girlfriends, because, um, you know, for a season there, I just wasn't able to really even just kind of connect. And so just knowing how important it is to, um, you know, to to the self-care is just, just being with someone who you can laugh with and cry with and, you know, be encouraged by. Somebody else is Parker. I wanted to jump in on that sisterhood portion because that is critical. And especially I found it critical as a young mother. <clears throat> we had a really neat kind of arrangement because there were about three or four mothers who had children around the same age and our children were all in the church together. But we would decide maybe over the summer, over a number of days on day one, I had everybody's kids. And then day two, they shift to a different house. And day three, they go to another house. So while my kids were visiting all these other houses with women that I trusted, yeah. I had two or three days off, yeah. you know? And so yeah. two or three times a year, we would we would do that kind of joint childcare thing where we'd shift the kids. The kids loved it because they all played every day and we each loved it because we all got some <laughs> private time. Oh, wow. So yeah. just 
having some good girlfriends that you can share and that you respect and you trust and then sharing the load is really important. It was really important for me. Mm. Amen, 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 amen. I love that idea. I wish, I wish I was in your group sister. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was, girl. Amen. It worked amen. well. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to give you ladies the last encouraging word is that there are mothers who will be watching this this weekend. And so I want I want you to, each one of you, uh, just to close out with just one encouraging word that you say to mothers. One, one word of encouragement. I'm going to start with Sister Pender. You go first, please. One encouraging word. If, if Sister Pender, Sister Pender, Sister Pender. Can I make it just a short phrase? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Make, okay. It could be a statement. It could be a statement. Um, um, persistence, not perfection. Mm. Okay. Amen. Amen. Persistence. Sister Lewis. That's good. One word. Yeah, a, a phrase, stay with it. Yeah. I think the devotional life, praying, and the time we spend, oh, that's a lot of words, huh? <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay, then prayer. Amen. 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 Prayer. Prayer. I, th- I like what you're saying about that, that, that devotional life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's cute. Sister Collins. Well, mine is just a scripture. Um, we all know, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen. 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 Sister Parker. I would encourage mothers to get some God esteem. And what I mean by that is find your significance in God Mm -hmm. and know how he values you, how he loves you, and how he's there. He sees what you're doing is extremely important. It's a priority for him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I would just remind mothers that, um, because children are a gift of God, I would remind them that God is faithful to complete the work he's done in each one of uh, our children. And because he's faithful, he has them better than us. And so we do our part, and he surely does his part. Amen. Amen. Can I just add one more, yes, Pastor Hamilton? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> if I can tell mothers, you are amazing. And you are just where God has you right now. You are in the perfect place. You are amazing. Absolutely. Because they are. Mothers are amazing. Amen. Amen. And and one more thing. And the devil is a lie. Because he's true. The devil is a lie. And he's a lie. And he has no power over our children. And so that's why prayer, what Susan was saying, is so important. Prayer. But just to not to focus on what you see right now. But to, to focus on what God can do, and we know that he can do anything. So it just, just kind of moves us. Pastor Hamilton, I, I, I got a one more thing, too. Come on, come on, sisters. Come on, come on. We can start testifying around. I knew it was a living. I knew it. I knew it. You needed about three hours for this. Exactly. Yes. But I, I do just want to add that in every season of my life, I recognize that, yes, there was something I was supposed to be giving to my children, but in each segment, God was teaching me. Yeah. My children were showing Amen. me things about myself, yes. the changes mm-hmm. I needed to make to be more mm-hmm. a more effective and more loving mother. So it wasn't just a one-way street of me giving. Mm-hmm. God was pouring mm-hmm. some new things into me and things he wanted to grow in me. And when you take that perspective, then you're open to what God is going to yeah. do. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen.
I have a lot of one more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's one always say, you always know. I know one thing. You say, you know a lot of one things. No. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But I really do. But I, I, and I keep going back to the word of God because I think um, people need to understand we all as women of God, as, as um, mothers or uh, bonus moms, however you want to be or whatever you want to be called. But remember that love is patient. We want things to happen overnight. Uh, we think that because God said, this is your husband, these are your children, that everything's going to be perfect. But love is patient and love is kind. Yeah. And so, and I think we use that for other people. Mm. And I, I, I like what Letitia had said earlier, that she remembered that her son was also her brother in the Lord. Yeah. And we have to remember that these children are gifts from God. And um, they made us mothers because, you know, we have these children. They made us mothers, yeah. but they belong to God, and they are our sisters and our brothers in the Lord. I have great-grandchildren, and I'm teaching them. That this, is my, this is what God is calling me to do at this time of my life. I'll be 68 this year. But I started a Zoom Bible study with my great-grandchildren and my grandchildren. I have one in Ethiopia. She joins it on Saturdays. And so Lord, I'm teaching them precepts, the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept. And so to hear them say, this is so much fun. I say, precepts, Bible study? For and either, we talk about 11 to 15 years old. Yeah. But they are understanding mm -hmm. their word. They're seeing it from God's perspective. And they're saying, I want to do better. I want to step more. And so it's like, so we, what God has put in you, pour it out. Don't, don't wait. Yeah. Don't wait. Uh, you know, we do all these studies with everybody else. And God has given you an assignment those children. And today is the only day we have. Yeah. Now is the only time we have. Life is so fleeting. Yeah. Uh, they're here today and gone today. And so we need to get them and get them indoctrinated in the word of God. And we know that the enemy comes in like a flood. He does. But yeah. we know that God can lift up a standard. Yeah. And so yeah. trust God with your children. Trust God with your marriage. Trust God with you. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Sometimes we're afraid that we're not doing enough. We're not mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. God showed you you're enough. Amen. Well, kitchen table, I know this is a little longer uh, <laughs> kitchen table than usual, but that was intentional because mm -hmm. you've heard from a great panel of, of imperfect yet godly women yeah. who, are, who are in the same shoes, same boat you're in, uh, but we thank God that the captain of this ship is none other than Jesus Christ. And so you can make it. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And I thank God for it. Ladies, I thank God for you and Amen. you making a sacrifice to be here, to share Amen. your heart, to share your life, and also to share our King, because our hope is found in him. Amen. So may God bless you. Listen, listen to the podcast, share the podcast, invite your family, make it a, an actual viewing event. And, and, and let the Lord minister to your spirit, because what you heard today was exactly what the Lord wanted you to hear. You need to hear this today. And God wants to lift you up and use you. Your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. May God bless you. May God keep you. And I'll see you next Friday right here at the kitchen table. <laughs>